True Lies is a new spy comedy drama on CBS based on the 1994 film about a secret agent leading a double life, which eventually bleeds in on itself when his marriage starts to get rocky. On this podcast, we like to discuss the most recent installment of a different series every show, True Lies' 42-minute pilot, which dropped March 1st, stars Steve Howey and Ginger Gonzaga as Harry and Helen Tasker. You're listening to today's episode. When you think of nightmare sets to work on, like film sets, what comes to mind? The Crow. The Crow? Or that one that Alec Baldwin was in. <laughs> okay, you're talking about like things where people on the sets actually died. Yeah. That's fair. Do you, do you know like any others? Because the one that always came to me was Jaws. I know the production went like way over budget. The animatronic shock, shark didn't work. Like actors didn't like each other. Yeah. I think the scene where they're like singing about wanting to go home. And <laughs> I think that like hit a lot more close to home than people realize. Sometimes when the actors don't like each other though, it makes for great dramatic tension and the directors actually like it. You joke, but that no, actually, I'm not joking. no, that actually worked in Jaws. That's the exact reason It's not just why. that, but that Andrew Garfield movie from a while back. 99 Homes. Yeah. I heard that that was re- the, the two main stars there were really tense <laughs> and, and hated each other a little bit. The reason I... I bring up nightmare sets is because true lies i think almost like comes in close second i feel like when it comes to just like terrible sets to work on you had uh, some pretty dark stuff that happened but also people got injured eliza dushku at the age of 12 de- dealt with like broken bones oh. you had arnold schwarzenegger yeah, the last scene? probably arnold schwarzenegger he almost died a stuntman literally like grabbed onto his arm right before he fell into like a 90 foot void just crazy stuff that i never thought actually happened I saw it for the first time yesterday. It's almost three hours, right? It's a three-hour movie, and it is insane. Like, just watching it, in 2023, I was like, how did they manage to pull some of this stuff off And usually in when 94? They, usually when they make a TV show based off a film, it's a film that everyone likes. But it seems like with True Lies, it's like it's mixed. Because it came out in 1994, as you were describing. It has like a 70% on Rotten Tomatoes. It ended up on people's like best of years list and worst of years list. But you I know, know James Cameron. James Cameron likes to push the dial. He likes to make his things cutting edge from Titanic to Avatar. This so, took, yeah. So this, this the movie, I'm yeah. assuming he was like Michael Bay, Michael Bay. We're going to make this the biggest action movie of all time. The movie took like seven months to shoot. I know that Bill Paxton, I think he might be in this movie in between the time. It, it took so long to shoot that he, Bill Paxton went on to make a different movie, finished that movie, came back to doing this. Like that, it was that crazy. There was restrictions, just it, just everything you can think of. But what do you think of the movie overall? Overall, you're looking at Schwarzenegger in his prime. You're looking at him post Terminator 2. You're looking at him um, around the Predator. And like it was that 80s to 90s period where it's like everything he was in was going to be a box office hit. So I am surprised that, yeah, yeah, I am surprised that he wasn't like that this movie isn't considered to be one of his best. They were thinking about making a sequel at one point and then just plans fell through because it was like 9-11 and the script was like oddly similar. And then like they just decided to, I think, cancel it completely in 2002. Yeah, that would have been like 10 years later too. He would have been kind of old for it with the amount of action that he had to do. I'm surprised that Elijah Dushku was injured. She only really makes a big role as his daughter in like the ending like 30 minutes of it. But what she has to do in that 30 minutes is pretty incredible. If, if like it was that strenuous and, and, and crazy. Um, this pilot, 
is like a PG version of the movie, super abbreviated. The movies are this again is like really toned down, and you're you're not. It's not as fun. Oh, because okay. of that. Like, yeah. but does it need to be in order to be a successful television show? That's what we're here to talk about. Well, I would right? think so. I mean, it's on CBS, and I feel like automatically that comes with its own kind of bias. Well, there's a lot of similarities and differences, and uh, let's just go through a few of them. So Harry, the main character, he's still a computer salesman. And this is, in 1994, it made a little bit more sense because those were the big blocky machines and not everybody had one. But nowadays, you'd think that everybody would be able to purchase them online. Nope. This is a fictional company called Telonic Solutions, but underneath their uh, business, uh, they they have this huge campus of like secret agents, right? Yeah. Difference is that Helen's job, Harry's wife, she's no longer just a cubicle worker. Like she was kind of just a conservative woman who just did little tasks. No, she's a junior college language theory teacher, which translates to that she is a human translator herself. Mm. She can speak every single language out there, which makes that seems crazy. little sense in yeah. why she would be stuck in a junior college job when she has that ability. But the other similarities that we're dealing with is that they, they're both married and they have a kid named Dana. The difference is that Dana also has a brother in this show called Jake, and um, they're both around the same age. Um, a similarity is that Harry is still a field agent, and he's off completing missions, and there's this guy there who's in the van who's always talking to him, his best friend named Gib, who was played by Tom Arnold in the movie and played by Omar Miller here. The difference is Harry isn't the only field agent on his own team. Wait, so hold, so I guess a quick thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're saying that Tom Arnold's character yes. is played by who here? Omar Miller. Omar Miller. Okay, and you're saying that was like the same name and everything? Yeah. Okay, yeah, keep going. Okay, and so the rest of the team field agents, though, as opposed to just having a solo one in the 94 film, there are two others, one's named Maria and one's named Luther. And they're his colleagues and they go in and do ops with him. Mm -hmm. uh, the last similarity I want to point out before we jump into the plot of the episode is that both stories, the television show and the movie, started off with this operation to stop a weapons dealer by attending a gala, this time with three field agents as opposed to just Harry. And they're all in fancy suits and they all sneak in via the catering entrance mm -hmm. in both ways. However, that's where the similarities kind of, uh, they diverge, right? Yeah. So Harry, Luther, and Maria... They need to be inconspicuous, obviously, i.e. no tangoing, like the Arnold Schwarzenegger version. Um, they make it to the balcony where they find this uh, weapons dealer named Mikkel Rand. But the thing about his room is it is um, marked with some form of trigger that if the volume gets too high, then it, an alarm is set off and all the security That's come in and arrest so them. Classic, yeah. <laughs> so they have to knock out security guards and fight and knock this guy out and take him without causing too much noise. And they are able to do that until the very last second before it's triggered. The alarm is triggered and they have an explosive getaway. Um, a la sort of the movie, but not nearly as big as some of the... How was the stunt work in this? Um, it was it was basic. You yeah. Know? Okay. Basic 2023 CBS stunt work. I know that Steve <laughs> Howie and Ginger Gonzaga, Helen and Harry, they both did their own stunt work for this show. And I, that was... Well, I just know him from um, from Shameless. Shameless. And I know her from somewhere as well. She-Hulk Attorney at Law. But I wasn't sure if you know who she was going is to that, play. Is that all I know her from? That's, I'm, I'm that's sure what a lot of more. people said that like was her most famous role. Okay. But, um, yeah, well, he comes home after this mission because it's overall successful. They're able to catch this arms dealer and bring him in and question him. But Harry returns home with his cover that he was away off selling computers and he has gifts for his kids. 
And uh, behind his back, his kids and his wife express frustration at the gifts and also the fact that, um, which the gifts are pretty lame. It's like a snow globe and a travel book. And apparently he's done that multiple times. Yeah. And Helen's, Helen's just frustrated with her life. Uh, she's bored with it and it causes her to drive 100 miles per hour through a residential neighborhood. And I'm guessing that didn't happen in the movie. <laughs> no, it was strange because obviously they were going to show that there was a dynamic issue with the marriage that that uh dana's character and um helen were going to be upset that harry was missing his own birthday off on work and that he might be having an affair or blah 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 blah. but there was never a moment where helen just like lost it and just didn't care if she was going to hit anyone and went right down the road instead she just almost had an affair and they got rid of that storyline completely so helen's frustrated she goes to her yoga class and that's where her friend cherry convinces helen that um that harry is actually having an affair because he's absent and he's boring like i just said and harry at the same time learns that there's this sonic weapon that this mikhail guy that they had just kidnapped was aware of that is in iraq and that they have to intercept before it gets into the wrong hands Helen has a work barbecue outside that Harry's busy making chicken for when Gibbs shows up to tell him that the mission is actually the next day. And that's where Helen's like, you have to go again, right? All, he, all she hears is it's another work trip. But unlike the movie, Helen actually expresses her discontent to her husband. They kind of bottle it up in the movie where um, she has like an almost affair and then followed by they kidnap her, um, the, the CIA kidnaps her, or Harry kidnaps her, and then it, it devolves from there. But in this, they have like a normal marriage tiff and Harry ends up inviting her to Paris with them. Because oh. he's he knows it's an op, but he's like, well, this is a perfect time to fix my marriage. And uh -huh. because he has so much clout where he works at Omega, because that's the official name of their secret agency business, um, he's able to swing it. And so they all go off to Paris together, Gib, um, Harry, and Helen, and then also Maria and uh, whatever, and Luther. But Helen just hangs out in the Paris hotel. She's having bathtub time. She's doing flips in her underwear. She's prancing around in her underwear. It's it's kind of strange. At the same time, Harry is doing completing his mission. They're intercepting this weird sonic thing. And then he's taking her out to dinner, right? Yeah. It's called Operation Parish, Parish Snatch. And that's where the team went in and was able to intercept the courier to get that. But Gibb is obviously a little pissed off that Helen's even there. Um, and that night at dinner, when Helen and Harry are kind of once again discussing their troubled marriage, and Helen is saying, you are just so boring. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's when that's her thing that's i mean that's one. she continually basically reiterates that and harry's like we, we gotta go there's a guy with a gun over there and then harry just goes off into secret agent mode and starts killing and knocking out a bunch of random assassins who are after them but the diner gets trashed and they get captured it reminds me of the uh the yeah at least the way you were describing it kind of like a chuck scene or like the chuck season two finale where like the whole entire wedding ceremony just gets do you, trashed as do well. you remember the recruit yeah yeah it's like if his roommates didn't know that he was a secret agent <laughs> the wife finally kind of figures it out during the interrogation scene that comes next where they're all tied up that her husband actually isn't just a computer salesman he comes clean they break out and then she slaps him which is also a callback to the movie they do a lot of little references which are nice if you've seen the movie recently the snow globe was a reference the tearing of a dress so like once she breaks free she tears off her dress and in the movie they hire helen to be or not hire but they force her to be like a prostitute yes okay so there was this con 
continual thing I kept reading about the movie where she does this dance or something, right? Like a seductive dance, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, and like apparently well, she really Harry went, forces her to do that dance. She really went over it with James Cameron when they were filming this scene. I did not understand, but I think it's like an infamous scene in the film or something. Yeah, okay. Know. So in short, the film was that Harry finds out that his wife, Helen, is thinking about having an affair with the Bill Paxton character, but not actually. And Bill Paxton's character is a used car salesman who's faking being a secret agent. So that's what really pisses off the real secret agent. So he goes in there with like a SWAT team and kidnaps both of them right about in the middle of her saying that she didn't want to have an affair with Bill Paxton's character, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then they put her in an interrogation room where she can't see who's talking to her and they say, you have to work for us now because she wants some excitement in her life. Then they force her to dress up sexy, go to a hotel and then dance in front of like a person who is like in a black, who, who is too dark to see. And that ends up just being Harry because he kind of wants to seduce his wife in a weird way. This was back in the <laughs> 90s where this makes sense. And so then when she's doing the dance, she gets over to the bed. He starts to kiss her, but she still doesn't know who he is. And he's like, oh, this is going to be so romantic. And she's like, I'm going to grab this phone next to me and just bash his head in. And that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger, he gets his head hit like 50 times in this movie. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> okay. um, so that's where the dance was, though, was basically right, the seductive dance happened okay. there. Helen in the television show never has a seductive dance. It feels like the entire Ginger Gonzaga version of her was never going to be as helpless or as damsel in distress as as the original movie character was definitely the most changes because she's more mad than scared or shocked when she finds out about harry she's just like what the hell why didn't you tell me stuff yeah. like that and by the end um okay well i'm skipping ahead a little bit okay, so yeah, so so yeah they they break out of their trap right and at the same time harry's team is following him there because he's hit an alarm on his watch and uh they get to the helicopter which I'm just realizing mm -hmm, now yeah. as I get to the chopper. Yeah. All right, yeah, so they get to the helicopter and they escape in it and they do another couple movie flashbacks where like Helen has to grab onto the side of the helicopter as it's flying and then the bad guy tries to make this giant jump onto it and that, that's how he ends up dying because he falls off. And then they come back home to get debriefed. So the, they, they get away and everybody's fine. But the wife, then Helen, she has to join Omega. And so she... Oh, is, she's going to wait. So she's going to be... Yes, they're recruiting her. Yeah, not only do they debrief her, but they recruit her. They promote her to a better teaching gig where she can have more time off. And she's going to undergo training to be uh, better at counter surveillance, weapons, self-defense, evasive training, data security, and threat detection. I wrote those down. Um, and then the last scene is them just coming home to their kids who are none the wiser. And uh, they were actually being looked after by a, a neighbor who is also a secret agent and disguised as a cat lady. Um, and uh, yeah, that sounds pretty funny. I mean, it? it just it just seems like it's a cross between the Americans and mm -hmm. uh, and I'm trying to think of like a comedy spy, spy, spy kids, spy, spy kids. kids, spy kids. Because by the end, both parents are spies and the kids are unaware. So it's spy kids. That's all this is. Just telling you. Okay, but um, <laughs> but but in the movie, Dana finds out. Like, by the end, obviously, because she's being held captive by the uh, terrorists. And so it's weird. I wonder how long the kids are going to actually be in the dark. Because the kids are actually kind of in the show a lot. Hmm. I think they made them two for that reason, so that it wouldn't just be on the weight of one person to hold it up. It wouldn't be a Homeland scenario where you're looking at season two and you're like, oh, she has to pull the weight for everybody. Um Only a few people understand what I just said. Uh, yeah. But overall, the show wasn't that bad. It, it, it's kind of like a six out of ten for me so they definitely passes. added people um but then reduced helen's like original storyline like i said 
And uh, I'm just curious where they go from here because this could have been a much more darker show. It could have been like 24 where they stretched out like a terrorist plot where the kids were kidnapped, where the wife was kidnapped and then had uh, the main character, Harry, like break in and have just a couple moments of comedy. But instead they kind of geared it towards more family audience type stuff. And, and that's fine. Yeah. So, but you said it passes a six out of 10. Sure. I know that CBS did kind of put a lot into this. They filmed it in a ton of different places, which I found cool. They filmed in Atlanta, Georgia, Toronto, Ontario, New Orleans, Louisiana, and Los Angeles, California. And it's only slated to be 13 episodes. And that's a lot of different places to film at. I know that filming also took place from um, November 2021. And then that was for the pilot. Then fall of 2022 to winter 2022. I do have a game here because it seems like every other week now, there's always a show coming out that's based on a, uh, on a, a movie. movie. Yeah, and I want to see if you can guess which one is the lie. Thank you, IndieWire article, because they just came out with a ton of um, movies that are being like adapted into TV shows. And again, I want to see if you can guess which one is the lie. There's four scenarios here. Okay. So one is Ted... Seth MacFarlane is coming back to voice his character Ted along with writing, directing, co-show, running this show. It's going to be on Peacock. It's a prequel set in 1993 when John is 16. That's and Mark so Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg's going to be recast. Won't be in it. He okay. will not be in it. And then Butch and Sundance. <laughs> so Reggie Jean Page from Bridgerton and Glenn Powell from Top Gun Maverick are set to play Butch and Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. It's going to be on Amazon Prime sometime. Sometime. Yeah. Okay. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, set to premiere this year on Prime Video, which is co-created, produced, and starred uh, with Donald Glover, as well as Maya yeah, no, Erickson I know that one's true. from Pen15. And then Grease, Rise of the Pink Lady, a trailer's already been released. It's coming out on April 6, 2023, and is exactly as it sounds, a prequel series set in 1954 about how the Pink Ladies from Grease came to be popular. Oh, man. Okay. I so think we you talked have... about Travolta doing like some form of grease thing during the summer. You know, that summer that Sandy always talks about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that would have been funny, but this is something different. Use it, so you have um, Ted, Butch and Sundance, Mr. and Mrs. Yeah, Smith and Grease. I will go ahead and say the Ted one is fake. Okay, I have to be honest, all of them are real. <laughs> Oh, Every the Ted one. one. Ted yeah. one's real too. So the Ted one's real, and the other interesting ones I thought about were Blade Runner twenty ninety nine. That's going to be on Amazon. The Bad News Bears and Alien. So all of those are going to be different as well. I know that for this TV show, it was created by Matt Nix. He wrote Turner and Hooch, The Gifted, and APB. And mm -hmm. so I mean, I was thinking AP Bio. Uh, no, just it was a oh show. APB. Like okay, all right, yeah. yeah. So with Turner and Hooch, that's what I feel like you could most kind of compare this to because, like you were saying, it's family friendly. Mm -hmm. But do you want to know who was going to direct this episode initially? Who was going to direct it? Mick G from Supernatural. Oh no, he was. He's an executive producer on this. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. He was. He was going to direct the pilot, but instead it was directed by Anthony Hemingway, who's done Shameless. The show has a, a little bit of it like heart. What, what, what have the ratings been? Uh, it's gotten negative reviews. Okay. <laughs> it has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 5 on IMDb. Um, I know that the Wall Street uh, Journal said it was one of the most refreshing revivals of a familiar title recently. That's one of the very few positive reviews for the show. Yeah. I know that the decider said to uh, stream it. Wait. That was the movie. They actually said to skip the TV show. I can see that too. But again, 6 out of 10 is not like I'm running out there telling people to go watch it. So you're not going to be watching the rest of the series, I no. assume. I, it took me a while also to, uh, to see Kevin from Shameless. That's oh, he doesn't pop. He, he looks so... No, I mean like I to recognize him. He, oh, okay. they, they made him look a little bit more like Schwarzenegger in this. So that, that was interesting. I just feel like he, if you're going to do something, you can't replace Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's yeah. such a presence that like whoever is going to be 
like stepping into those shoes it's kind of like you can't replace something that's r with something that's pg yeah exactly that's that's the bigger like shift it's like you can't make the same jokes you can't be as edgy um and as although there are flaws like we've talked about in the original movie there was enough really funny good stuff that i that just didn't get moved over and maybe has the opportunity to later but i don't necessarily see that happening i know one there's like a horse scene that is hilarious in the The movie the horse scene was the scene that uh, arnold schwarzenegger almost i know but it is so funny it's almost (laughs) worth i'm kidding it's it's obviously not worth it but like it's 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 a people should go back and just watch that scene (laughs) i know that steve howie did also break his finger during a fight scene and he was completely ready to go through glass for like one of the takes yeah the glass so there are so many scenes where people break through glass and then they jump on that glass or they step on the glass with their or they grab the glass with their hands and they don't get cut up right yeah that happened in the television show too they 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 jumped through the window and they also got off off glass and i was like well at least they kept it's funny you say that because steve howie said yeah he was completely ready to do it and they found out it was real glass and then even when the stunt people like broke through the glass Uh they got up and they were bloody yeah that's it, even stunt glass, like you'll get bloody on it, but you're saying they used real glass. They that used real glass. Sense. Yeah, that no, that's what that's sense. what they said. Anyway, sugar glass usually. Yeah, well, he said sugar glass because of like the way it was made, it was just going to fall apart. So that's why they used real glass. Anyways, the original film was based off of La Totale, a French spy comedy film that came out in like 1991. So James Cameron didn't just have that idea on his own. No, this was like actually based off of a different film. Well, I learned something every day. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.